Um, so, so I'm going to tell you where this particular message came from. I'm not going to read a focus scripture. I'm just going to teach you, hopefully, you know, and go from there. Um, but I'm going to tell you where this message came from. Um, last week, um, when I left here, I left really having a conversation with God. I was teaching something. I'm going to allude to it at the ending, but I was teaching about, um, you know, predestination and, um, you know, justification and sanctification, all these different things, all these vacations type of thing, vacation, whatever. I was teaching that. And while I was teaching it, I could feel an unrest in the church, not a, you know, a blocking from what I was teaching, but it was kind of just like a, everybody was kind of like, you know, as if I was speaking a language that you had not heard of. I'm not talking about tongues of fire, but I'm talking about I was speaking another language. And I left, you know, to be honest, I'm going to tell you all this for those of you who don't know. When I walk off this stage, when I walk off this platform, I don't ever leave this platform saying, I killed it. That's never. I usually walk off and I'm saying, Lord, I hope I did what it is that you wanted me to do. I pray that I was acceptable to you. Whether they received it or not, I gave my assignment. I really pray that it fell on great ears or good ears or good ground. That's what my prayer is. But when I walked out of here last week, I wanted to walk out of here and walk to Nicholasville. I was like, Lord, did I not teach right? Did I not? What was wrong? I was so confused. You know, not that y'all did anything wrong. You know, like some because it's funny because you talk to different people. People are like, oh, I thought it. I got it. I got it. You know, I understood it. Then you, some people are like, yeah, I know what you were talking about. You know, so I, I left and all week I was having a conversation with God and my conversation with God was like this. I said, Lord, I was talking about something that I thought was going to encourage the people I thought. And all week I kept looking at them like I thought they knew. I thought they knew. I really thought they knew these things because you have to understand, I grew up in Sunday school. You know, I grew up in what you call, because I grew up Baptist, I'm back BTU, which was Baptist Training Union, which was at 6 o'clock. Then we've had evening service. Y'all know nothing about evening service. But we used to have that. Um, and then um, we had Bible study during the week, you know, which we just started our virtual Bible study. I hope that those of you who get a chance to watch Midpoint, that you are, uh, that's ministering to you. I really pray that it's really helping you. Uh, but we used to have not virtual Bible study. We had in-person Bible study when I was growing up. And we used to have revivals and stuff like that. But anyhow, and we used to have something that you, some of y'all youth and children don't know called BBS. Those of you who know what BBS is, can we get, what is BBS? Yeah, y'all know. Yeah, so we had BBS Vacation Bible School. But when I was growing up, what I kind of was reminded of last week is those things were teaching us when we didn't know we were being taught. So we would sing songs like the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand up on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Y'all know that? We would sing songs like Father Abraham had many sons and many. Y'all grew up in the same church? Yeah. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, turn around. Yeah, all this. Like, yeah, y'all remember that. See, Miles didn't grow up like this, so he's not as saved as I am. So we grew up with those types of songs, and we would sing, Jesus loves the little children. All the, but anyhow, we didn't understand that as we were growing up, they were teaching us theological principles in songs. You know, when we sing songs like, um, uh, I'm, I'm going all over the place, but we used to sing songs like, um, um, at last and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die. Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? 
at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Then we would sing another song. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased by God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. And this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Now, for those of y'all who didn't necessarily grow up in that particular concept, uh, you would sing, um, yeah, <laughs> y'all would say, y'all would take that song and say, story, 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 story. Y'all like, what's that song? Yes, Lord. Yes. So, so all of these, all these things that we didn't necessarily understand, like what is that? Like his music, they shout about stuff that don't make sense. Well, what last week taught me is that if we're not careful, this particular era, this particular generation, we have more information but less understanding. So we have more knowledge. We have Google. Like, see, I grew up in generations. Some of y'all are going to like read that. I grew up where we used to have encyclopedia. Like, if your parents asked you to look up something, you had to go find a book. And it was A through Z. You had to go through and find the book and crack it open and look at it. Um, we, if you asked how old somebody was, you couldn't Google it. You would have to, you know, I don't know, I wonder how old, or you would have to do that. Now, if we're not careful, Google uh, has replaced thinking. I feel the same way. Google has replaced brain, and YouTube has replaced authenticism, uh, authentic, uh, uh, um, authentic, uh, I can't get my words out. Y'all word, yes, y'all know what I mean, yeah. Authenticity, yes. An authentic worship experience because now everything is a video reel. Now everything is, is live and everything is in. So the intimacy of worship, the intimacy of a, a real deliverance session, the intimacy of a real authentic worship experience is now a camera in front of your face to make sure they document it. You know, and so like right now, if, if, our, if we had different camera angles, which we don't, but if we did, like they would only show live right now, they will only show you the full side of the church. We don't show the empty side. Because we're trained to show you the good stuff. The bad stuff we don't show. Not that emptiness is bad, I'm not saying that. But we want to have the appearance of success and not the struggle attached to it. Everything is not always good, 
Like there, that's a part of growth. Like there's, there's parts of it. So, so I'm saying my conversation with God all week was, you know, when I talk about those different words and stuff, and this is where I'm getting to my title. And I'm, I'm really, this is just introduction. Because my title, because someone in the lobby, because many of y'all know, and I told y'all, I actually asked y'all to pray for me uh, that I would get in. And then I got in. I forgot to tell y'all I got in. But for some of y'all know that I did get into seminary. So I'm a now student at Asbury. And so someone came to me in the lobby last week. Yeah, thank y'all for clapping. Praise the Lord. Hey, thank Jesus. Yeah. So, um, but somebody in the lobby said, to me after I talked, they said two people said to me in the lobby. This one I said, Oh Lord, we got a problem. Somebody said to me, Woo, we can tell your seminary is paying off. I said, Based on what? They said, The way you were teaching, you were teaching words that none of us know. And I was so sad at that statement because I left and I said, None of that was seminary. That's Christianity 101. Which then begged me to question, what have I been preaching? Then made me think, what exactly have we been shouting about? Because if you don't know that you've been redeemed, that you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, and you think that's seminary, we have a bigger problem. So all week long, I kept telling God, I thought they knew. I thought they knew. I'm, I'm just saying, when I'm saying it to say, have you ever had a conversation with someone and in the middle of the conversation you realize the person you're talking to don't have a clue what you're talking about? And you be going off because you be in your own world just having a conversation and all of a sudden you look at them and be like, do you even know who I'm talking about? <laughs> My mother-in-law one time, uh, she said to me, she, she's so funny. Um, anybody's ever met me, me, but anyhow, she's probably watching. But um, we were talking about someone in Mississippi one time, a particular mother of the church, and we were telling her that she had passed away. And uh, I think Mel was telling her, she's like, yes, yeah, so-and-so passed away. And she was like, oh, did she? You know, certain tones, you can know she don't know what you're talking about. She's like, did she? And she's like, oh, Lord, that's so sad. And Mel said, Mama, you even know who I'm talking about? Yeah. And she said, who is she? You know, uh, uh, man, I, I don't know who she is, but there are a lot. And I say this because in the African-American church, we respond to stuff we don't know anything about. So what I mean is I could be up here preaching. You right. Preaching. Say it, doc. Put your weight on it. You know, all this stuff we say. You in there. That's the word. Stay there, watch your tone, you know, all this stuff we say. And you can be scrolling on Instagram while you're doing all that. You preaching? Come on here. And have no understanding of what you're saying. So as an African-American experience, we are many times more emotional than we are intellectual. We are emotional sometimes by heritage, but sometimes not intellectual because of ignorance. It is my job to make sure that we are not just emotional, but that you are spiritual. That when you walk out of here, what I'm saying is, you will forget my title, you will forget the service. But when you meet that devil on Wednesday, you've got to have a sword in your hand. And you've got to know how to fight the enemies. You've got to know how to do war. Is there anybody in the room who's ever had spiritual warfare? I mean, it's a real thing. For those, I'm not talking about, I know Hocus Pocus 2 came out, but I'm talking about before they came out, there's a real devil. 
Hear me, church. There's a real devil, and he's after your soul. He's not after your shout. He's after your soul. And it is my job to make sure you know who you are and what you have. So, yes, there are some things about the sanctified and the older church and the Baptist, whatever church you came from, traditional, that there's some things I don't want. Yes, I don't. But I don't want to have all this new stuff, and I don't have the teaching. Because it was something about grandmama's religion. Something about what grandmama had. She didn't have the money, but she had something that was real. So if somebody holler out, I want something real. I want something real. I'm through. Thank you. That's my introduction. I'm done. Keep that on YouTube. So I say that to say all that's important because as I go into this teaching, I'm through. I'm not through, but I'm, that was just my introduction. Because that was my conversation with God, I thought they knew, which then turned into the title of today's message. I thought you knew. I really did. I thought you knew. Will you do me a favor and just look at people and say, I thought you knew. I really did. I thought you knew. I thought you knew. All right. I thought you knew. All right. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to go deep? Can y'all give me about 20 minutes? Can y'all give me 20 minutes? All right. That's all I got. 20 minutes. I'm through. Marion, I told you to stop making me sound like Benny Hinn. I'm through. I'm finished. I want you to come back. Don't go away, but come back. Just come back. I, I, I really do have to teach this. Thank you very much. But he's very sensitive, so I pray. Give God praise for Marion. He's just, I do. So, and I pray, I say this seriously. We, we asked the Lord for a long time to give us some good musicians, and the Lord did. So I don't take it for granted at all, because y'all don't want me back on the keyboard. Y'all don't. So when we first started this church, I played the keys. Me and Darius, Darius was on the drums, and I was there. Y'all don't want that life. Y'all don't want that back. I would get up, and then some of y'all weren't here. I played, then I would get up and do announcements, then I would go back to the, uh, to the keyboard. I would preach, and then I would go to the, uh, to the keyboard to play my own altar call music. <laughs> y'all weren't there then. Corrine, y'all were there, Mel was there, and I would, I would be there. And uh, Mel used to sing on the worship team, believe it or not. It was a whole bunch of stuff that we did in the beginning um, that y'all just don't. Mel can sing. Those of you who don't know it, she can, but praise the Lord. Anyhow, I'm just calling all y'all out. Y'all used to do stuff. Where y'all at? Anyhow. <laughs> I just like I gotta go home with her. Sorry. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. God called my personality. I don't know why. I told him he wasn't getting a good deal, but he did. But the question is, but the, the thought is really, I thought you knew. And the first thing I thought you knew, and as I continue to unfold this and develop this in a very short time, because um, I understand our attention span is short, but I wanna, I wanna really help. I hope this gives you some just simple principles, and I wanna take you back to the beginning. We go back to Genesis, the first chapter. Someone said Genesis. Genesis is the beginning, the beginning of the book. If you don't know where Genesis is in your Bible, you have a bigger problem too. <laughs> Genesis, the first chapter, and it says that God said, it says, let us, someone say us. It said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Now, in the image, one, uh, the, the, um, the Greek word image means imagio deo, uh, means in our image, um, to look like, in our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That's what the first thing, that was the first thing for the first. So when I talk about I thought you knew, what I first thing I thought you knew was I thought you knew what you have, that you have power. 
Because in that scripture, it's in the beginning. That's the, the, the beginning. And, and we, uh, some scholars argue over who wrote it. But regardless of who wrote it, it's a, a um, historical um, a book of context of, of things that happened uh, before you and I got here. It says that now as we break the scripture down, for those of you who need it broke down, because I, don't want, I want you to um, look at this scripture as if you've never seen it. And the reason I say this, because sometimes when you think you know something, you don't want to hear anything new. So sometimes when certain scriptures come, we're like, oh, I heard it, whatever. Look at it in a different way. Put the scripture back up there one more time. It says, and God said, let us, let us. Now, who is the us? Who is the us? Now, there are two different trains of thoughts. Some scholars say that us is, y'all mind if I teach you just for 20 minutes? We shout it. Just give me, I'm through. Us, some scholars say us is talking about the Godhead. The triune Godhead. Now, what that means is for those who don't believe in that particular concept of the Trinity, it was talking about the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Yes, there are different trains of thoughts talking about there are uh, they are different people, but we are under the the umbrella of believing that that is God manifested in different characteristics. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit is not necessarily three different separate people. It's God who represents himself in different ways. How do I know he represents himself in different ways? Is that while I'm preaching to you right now, God is speaking to you in different ways. Uh, for some of you who are going through financial difficulty, God is speaking to you in the area of finances. For those of you who are having mental blockages, God is speaking to you in the area of your troubling mind. Have you ever been in a room and you got different experiences out of the same thing? Let's take it in another context. Have you ever watched a movie and everybody had a different review? So God speaks to us from the same screen, but in different ways, according to your experience. So God, so that's one train of thought that he's God who represents himself in different characteristics. Now, this is a different train of thought that I really enjoy and love, never heard it before. That was when God says, let us, is talking about, or one train of thought is that God was in front of the host of heaven. Angelic beings were all around God was there almost in, as I used the word last week, and they use this word, in a boule, in a divine council of people. And as God was convening in between all of these people and heavenly beings, he looked at the heavenly beings and he said, let us put heaven in them. Let us make man after our image. After what heaven is, let us put a piece of that in them. I like that train of thought, which is to say that whatever is an angelic being and whatever is in heavenly places is also in me. That I have a piece of heaven in me. What that means is you don't have to die to walk on streets of gold. You can enjoy the blessings of God right now. Now, some of us have a problem with that because we preach the broke busted and disgusted gospel but my God is not broke busted or disgusted my God is rich in houses and in land and that means that whatever God has in heaven he wants me to have on earth why is it that we say and I want to I want to mess you up just a little bit it's gonna mess you up I know it is but why is it that when people die the first thing we say is rest in peace which is to say that all your life you struggled so now you gotta die to have peace you see how much I messed this up this is what we do. Like one day over in glory land, one day there are going to be streets of gold and there'll be no more dying, there'll be no more death, no more sickness. Why do you have to wait to heaven to be healed? And we say stuff like, sleep on, sister, because you didn't sleep here. 
You were wrestling and toiling and turning. That's not the God I serve. The God who gave heaven, who said, I want you to be made in my image. God was saying, I'm not anxious like you. I'm not troubled like you. So let me put some of my DNA, my heavenly being in you. Someone say it's in me. It's in me. It's in me. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. And this is the part. He says, and let them have dominion. What is dominion? Power. Rule. That means that everywhere you go in life, you should be walking in power. He says, let them have power over what? The fish, the sea, the livestock, everything. Meaning, I want you to rule on earth. You are not powerless. You have power. Someone say, I have power. He says, I want you to have dominion. I want you to walk around and have power, not just over animals, but everywhere you go, you've got power. You're a representative of me, which means that if God were not here in physical form, he sent us as representatives of heaven. So that means everywhere I go, I represent who made me. Everywhere I go, I'm an image bearer. Everywhere I go, I am a glory carrier. Everywhere I go, I am a power uh, distributor. Everywhere I go, there's some of heaven that's leaking out of me. Everywhere I go, I change atmospheres because I represent he who made me. I'm not made in my image. I'm made in the Imagio Deo, made in God's image. So that means everywhere I go, there's some of him in me. You've got power. Someone say, I've got power. And that concept alone shatters our excuses because we are constantly wanting to give power to other people when God has given you the power that you need it's already in you it was a beginning concept that's why I said last week the scripture it says uh, that uh, uh, before I was formed or while I was being formed in my mother's womb he had already made a decision about me Meaning, he already had given me power while I was in. You want another scripture? I'll give it to you. Thank you for asking. That's why later on when Paul wrote to his son in the gospel, Timothy, he didn't say go find power. I don't have a spiritual church. Y'all don't know that scripture? Okay, students. The scripture he said was, I don't want you to go find it. He said, Timothy, I'm reminding you of what was in your grandmother and what was in your mother, what has transitioned and transcended cultures, time, and space. And what I'm saying to you, Timothy, is to stir up what's in you. Not go find it, stir up what's in you, which means the power you're looking for is already in you. Sometimes it just lays dormant and you have to stir it up. Someone say, stir that thing up. You have to stir that power up. So God said in the beginning, I made man in my image and in my likeness and I've given you dominion. All right, y'all want more scripture for it? I can tell y'all gave me 20 minutes. I'm gonna use it the best of my ability. Psalms 8, someone say Psalm 8. Psalm 8, let's go there. Put that on the screen. I got to argue this text for y'all to get it. Psalms 8, is it there? Psalm 8, to the choir master, according to Griffith, a psalm of David. It means it's a song. Go there. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. 
Now, this is a song. So basically, this was something they were singing. So, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I don't know what it sounded like. You have set your glory above the heavens. I don't know, but it was a song. Go ahead. Go on. Verse 2 says, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. To steal the enemy and the avenger. Verse 3 says, I got to keep going. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set place. What he's saying is, David is like, I'm just looking out. And I'm like, look at the heavens. Look at the galaxies. Look at the stars. Look at all that stuff. And then verse 4 says, he says, what is man that you care about him? And what is the son of man? Go back. Go, don't take me too fast. They're not ready for it. Go back. And what is the son of man that you care for him? Like, maybe y'all think well of yourselves. And it's great. You want to have that type of, you know, affirming quality about yourself. But have you ever at any point in your life said, Lord, why do you love me? Have you ever just looked at your blessings that God has given you and be like, I didn't even deserve this. Can we just be honest? Like, have you ever just been like, Lord, I, <laughs> it's not that I was qualified. I'm just like, Lord, I don't even know why you love. I mean, what is man that you care about me? Like out of all the people, you, me? I, I think like that. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Verse 5 says, it's the part. You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and have crowned him with glory. My question is, if you are a little lower than the heavenly beings, why are you living in the sunken place? You have made him, not he's making you. He's already put you there a little lower than heaven. That means I'm just a little lower than the angels in this org chart. I mean, when you look at the org chart of my life, it's God, angels, and me. Oh, God, I wish y'all could get this. Like, like, I'm not that far away from royalty. I'm not that far away from deity. I'm not that far away from God-likeness. He made me just a little lower than the angels, meaning I got a seat at the table just like angels. So if I'm a little lower than angels, why are we sad all the time? I mean, why are we going, I'm, I'm just asking a question. It's, it's, it's just a rhetorical question. Like, why are we going through, like when we talk to somebody, I'm, it's just so much. I mean, it's just so much happening. Can you pray for me? I'm not really sure if I want to waste it on somebody who doesn't know where you are on the org chart. You don't even know that you have access because you're already at the table. He's not going, meaning he's not thinking about bringing you in the room. You're already in the room. He's not thinking about blessing you. You are already at the table. Somebody say, I'm already at the table. What I'm saying is your, your flesh has to catch up with where your spirit already is. That's what this whole series of becoming is. It's not about a journey. It's about a discovery of where I already am. I'm not becoming heavenly. I already am. Just because my flesh doesn't act like it doesn't mean my spirit doesn't know it. 
I'm just a little lower than the angels. I mean, he made me. I mean, what it means is whether you like it or not, it's a done deal. What I'm saying is you might not like where I'm seated, but you didn't give me the seat. I mean, it's not a family discussion. I mean, it's not a family meeting. He made me. Someone say, he made me. Meaning, he put me there a little lower than the angels. And, hold on, this is going to mess a lot of y'all Thomas Whitfield saints up. You're not going to later on put on your robe and tell the story. This is messing all y'all up. Y'all ain't going to go to a funeral for the next three years. He has already given you a crown. Stop apologizing for your royalty. He's already crowned me. He's already crowned me with what? Glory. I mean, everywhere I go, I got glory. That's why devils can't stand me because I got glory. That's why demons chase me, because I got glory. They can't understand why a man would have glory. But I'm made in his image, and he crowned me with glory because he's royalty, and anything that comes out of him has got to be royal too. I'm not a king in the making, I am. This is teaching different than what we have taught and learned for many years. But I want you to look at a few people and say, wear your crown. Just tell a few people, wear your crown. If you got to do anything, adjust it. Don't take it off. Adjust it. And if people don't like it, don't be in rooms with people who don't like your crown. Because everybody around me has got to know that you just seated a little lower than the angels. Like we all on this org chart. We all together in heavenly places and crowned him with glory and honor, which that means is try to disrespect me if you want to, but he's already respected me. He's given me honor. He has, res he has respected me so much that poverty cannot live with me too long because he has crowned me with glory and honor. And because of the honor code of heaven, royalty and power and dispensations of grace and glory follow me everywhere I go. Goodness and mercy follow me everywhere I go because he respects me. I am a respected image of God. Someone say I'm respected. Stop dating people who don't respect your crown. Don't be in churches where pastors preach to you a broke gospel and preach the gospel of struggle. That is not what the Bible and it was skip the Bible. Because for people say it was man-made. Regardless if the man made it or not, God breathed on it. I would rather have God's breath on my crown than your lies. He crowned me. Someone say I got a crown. <laughs> I told y'all. I know this is life-shattering for some people. But this is rich. When you realize who you are, what you have, you'll start walking in rooms like, fire me if you want. I'm on the org chart. <laughs> Fire me if you want. <laughs> Fire me if you want. 
You didn't sign my check. God's name is on it. God's name is on it. And according to Psalms 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And as long as God is on the throne, I'm on the org chart. Fire me. By the end of the week, I'll have another one. Come on, Beyonce. I can have another you in a minute. <laughs> Someone say, I can have another one. I can have another one. I, I ain't worried about you. You don't have to like me. That's another's. All right, I'm through. Is this blessing anybody? If this blessing, just holler at your boy if it's blessing you. Come on. Because I, I ain't trying to. All right. He's crowned me. I'm telling you, I'm sorry, y'all. Guillaume, I'm telling I like your boots. Guillaume, seriously, I wish, here, Patrice, I, Patrice and Marcus just got back from Mexico. Don't they look tan? They look really good. Listen, but listen, I wish, there's my friends right down the third row. I wish, what's up, y'all? I wish that the preachers wouldn't have hooped me into a frenzy. And taught me how to live in victory. I mean, we did so much hooping and shouting and skipping and, and sweating that half the people who were shouting were broke. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about broken mentality. I'm talking about you didn't even believe for better. So you, you needed a prophetic word because you didn't believe the word. I would rather not, I would rather not than you to realize that you're on the org chart. You knowing you're on the org chart can change the last 15 years of struggle in your life. When you go back home, you can do a Sophia. May the spirit of Sophia rest on you when you go back home. Y'all don't know what the spirit of Sophia is because y'all don't watch Color Purple. Y'all ain't saved like you need to be saved. But may the spirit of Sophia rest on you. And when you go home, when you sit there, and I want you to go and you look at Paul and you say to him, things going to be changing around here. Things going to be changing around here. I'm on the org chart. I'm on the org chart. I ain't having no bad news here. I ain't having no struggle here. I ain't having no depression here. Things going to be changing. Somebody holler at your boy and say, Things are going to be changing. I'm on the org chart. All right. Let's get out of there. Y'all better get you some color purple in your life. He'll bless you. Makes God mad when you walk past the color purple and you don't. Anyhow, so that's the first thing. I thought you knew what you have. Second thing is, I thought you knew. Last thing, second thing, I thought you knew Last thing, what second? Who you are. I thought you knew who you are, that you have value. I can't tell you how many people I pray for who don't even know your own value. When you don't know your own value, you'll do some dumb stuff. Because you don't know how valuable you are. Scripture reads like this in Ephesians, the second chapter. Put that scripture up there. The scripture, it says, for we are, someone say we are. His workmanship created in Christ for good works. What is workmanship? I know it's a word we don't use. You are God's art on display. You are God's masterpiece. You don't need nobody to tell you your eyes look pretty. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's art on display. 
Have anybody ever been to an art museum before? And you look by and you walk through the walls and like, oh, how? And this is what I love. Oh, I got this. Lexus, don't preach me like that. This is what I love because when you look at art, people will say, because people are real bougie in it, they were like, do you see it? I don't know. Look at it at this angle. You see it. And then somebody who's an art exhibit expert will come by and say, this particular piece was exported from France. And when this artist designed this, what they, they had an abstract eye. And they, you look at it and you'll see a little lighthouse over there in the corner. Do you see the lighthouse? They say, oh, I see it now. And then you'll ask, now how much does this cost? Oh, this particular piece, oh, it's just about $247,000. And you'll be like, oh, I don't think I want that today. I'll come back to that. And you walk away. The devil had a conversation with Jesus. Art was on display. Looked at it and said, ooh, look at that piece of work. It's a little complicated. They haven't decided if they want to be holy just yet. Haven't decided that they want to be righteous just yet. But I think I want that particular piece of art. And the, the art exhibitor extraordinaire said, well, that particular piece, if you look at it, if you look back in that corner, you will see a cross. Devil says, I think I see that cross. Now, what does that particular cross mean? That, that, that cross is going to be the payment for this complicated piece. The devil looks at that particular piece, and as the devil looks at it, he says, how much is this particular piece of artwork? I think I want it. Jesus looks at him and said, it's not for sale. I've already paid for it. I'm actually walking out with it myself. I want somebody to give God praise that he paid for you. He paid for you to be extraordinary. He paid for you to have value. He paid for you. The devil wanted you, but Jesus said, I paid for it, not in coins, but with my blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. Paid the price for me. Old song we used to sing, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it. Someone say he paid for me. He, he paid for me. Devil tried to make a deal, but Jesus had already braided. He'd already done it. I'm his workmanship. I'm, I'm his artwork on display. So when you walk around and someone says, oh, I like your physique. Go, child, please. Don't look at my body. Look at my value. I'm a complicated piece of work, but he paid for me. Somebody asks you about yourself, say, I'm complicated, but he loves me. He, I'm complicated, but I'm valuable to him. I might not be valuable to you, but, but I'm valuable to me. I mean, I've got history. I've got drama. I've got traumatic experiences. I've got some things I was birthed in, and sin was I born. But for some reason, I was complicated. But even in my complications, he still loved me. I'm valuable. Someone say, I'm valuable. And I thought you knew that. I thought you knew that the devil went into the museum and tried to buy you. 
But Jesus redeemed you over 2,000 years ago with his blood. And if anybody asks you just who I am, tell them I am redeemed. I want somebody to open your mouth right now and say, I got value. Last thing, thought you knew what you have. I thought you knew who you are. Lastly, I thought you knew why you are. Your worth. I thought you knew. I really did. Which takes me back to Romans 8. We, we did last week, but I'm going back to it today. Because hopefully it makes more sense today than it did last week. Because now we look at this. I'm through here, musicians. Y'all can come because I, I might shout here. But it goes here in verse 8 and 28 says this. And we know what? Say it again. That what? Why do all things work together? Because I'm on the org chart. <laughs> Does it make sense? Because I'm, I'm, I'm seated just a little lower than the angels. So now when I read that and I say, now I know that all things. Now this is interesting because verse 20, uh, that's 28, verse 27, I didn't give y'all. But it says, verse 26 and 27 says, I don't even know what to pray for as I ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for the saints with groanings that cannot be uttered. I don't know what to pray for, but the, the, the CEO of this org chart prays for me and reminds me of where I am. And because the Spirit is making intercession for me, what is intercession? Intercession means, some of you might not know intercession because I don't want to skip over that. What does intercession mean? Intercession means standing in the gap for someone who can't pray for themselves. It is not prayer night, it's intercession night. It's interceding for people who don't know their value. Interceding for people who don't know their worth. My question is, who's the last person you interceded for? Uh, the intercession means it's sitting at a seat of intercession. Meaning, I'm going to sit here until I see breakthrough. I'm going to sit here until I see something change and something happen. Some of us haven't been sitting long enough. You got to sit in the seat of intercession. Which for those of you who are, are parents, you know how to sit and intercede for your child. Uh, you put oil on their room. You put oil on their door. You put oil on their pillow. And they wake up the next day and say, I slept so good. It's because I was interceding for you while you were praying that the devils that try to have me won't have you. I interceded for you. Someone say intercession. So verse 28 says, and because of that, now I know that all things work together for the good of them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. That's what I know, that no matter what is going on, by the time I leave this meeting, it's going to work together. By the time we get through meeting about the meeting, it's going to work together. By the time I leave and get to my car, it's already working together. By the time I leave here and get back to my house, it's already working together. I want somebody to just by faith say it's already working. It's, it's already. Somebody by faith say it's already working. Somebody, by, before you get to work together, before you go to work tomorrow, say it's already worked out. Before you get to the courtroom, wherever you some of y'all got things that are coming up, say it's already working. It's already working. Somebody told you you need a lawyer. You don't need a lawyer. You need it already to be working together. I need the Holy Ghost that is my defender. Come on, word. An advocate for me who will stand on my behalf somebody say it's already working I don't need bail I need working 
It's already working. I know. I know that all things are working together for them who are called according to his purpose. Go to my next scripture because I'm going to shout. I'm going to shout. I'm going to shout. I'm going to shout. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. What does that mean, Mama Emma? You weren't here last week. See, if, if you were here, they would shout it last week. But you here now, they're going to shout. Whom he foreknew, he also predestined. What that means is, everybody who's ever been in a meeting, there's always an agenda for the meeting. You never have a meeting without an agenda. An agenda is what you plan to talk about. Old business, new business, and questions. Some of y'all question too much. But the, 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 the person who sets the meeting already puts things on the agenda. And according to the agenda of heaven, he already knew who was going to be in the meeting. And he already predestined me to be conformed. What is conformed? It means to be transformed into the image of God. I didn't set the agenda. He did. I was on the agenda. I didn't ask to be on the agenda. He put me on the agenda. He knew that I needed something better than what I was born into. He knew I needed something better than the zip code I was born into. He knew I needed something better than the church hurt I've experienced. So he put me on the agenda and he predestined me. Predestined means he already knew about me before I showed up. He already knew about me, predestined that I would be conformed to the image. And this is the part. Calm down, Mario. Just stop it. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. I didn't get to that part last week. Deacon and Slot, you weren't here either. That's why I didn't shout. The firstborn of many brothers means I'm not the only one. He wanted me to be changed and transformed so that I can have siblings. <laughs> Ain't nothing like having siblings who look like you. Y'all miss it. Some of y'all are kin by flesh. You need some kindred spirits by spirit. Y'all know what I mean. You need people who are more than your flesh. Some people don't need to be skin to you. They need to be kin to you. Some people who are skin to you is why you can't experience victory. Because everybody's skin to you looks like the struggle you've been living in. But when you get somebody kin to you, you get delivered and set free because they say, I've been waiting on you to come in the room. I've been waiting on you to find out who you are. I've been waiting on you to realize how royal you are. Is there anybody who's ever uh, had somebody open the door for you and wait for you to get there? That's what he says. I want you to be the first, firstborn among other people who got the same victory. Let me go to that next scripture. Here, I'm into here. Go on. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. How many of y'all watch Bible study this week? Raise your hands. You're not going to be judged. Don't worry about it. If you didn't watch, it's okay. I'm praying for the salvation of the church. It's all right. 
I explained this on Wednesday. For those of you who didn't watch it or watch the replay for whatever reason, it says, and those whom he called, he also justified. What does justified mean? It's not an Asbury theological term. Justified means he placed me in right standing. He put me in place as if I never did anything wrong. Justified. I mean, okay, let me put it in context. I don't know if any of y'all ever had a parent that <laughs> you did something and you knew they were going to beat you down. I'm sorry, wrong error. Y'all don't do that type of stuff. But you knew your, your parent was going to smack you or what? You just knew something was going to happen. You waited for it for five days. Like, did they forget? Because <laughs> I also had a parent, Alexis, that my dad sometimes, he would wait till it was, I was asleep. And all of a sudden, I would feel a cool breeze over my warm body. I was like, what happened to the cover? And all of a sudden, pow, pow, don't you ever, ever, I'm just like, ah, 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 you know, all this stuff. I mean, like in the middle of the night and then had the audacity and the nerve, Claudia, to say, shut up before I give you something to cry about. I have traumatic experiences about it, Dania, just to this day. Therapy. Morel, I'm having a hard time because he whooped me at night and told me to be quiet about it. Couldn't put my pants on the next day because I was wounded for my transgressions. <laughs> Bruised for my iniquities. <laughs> but <laughs> that was how my daddy acted. But when God does it, he throws your sin into a sea of forgetfulness and remembers it no more. I, I, see, if I, had, if I was preaching over here on the north side of the church, everybody would be running around. It says, he cast my wrong into a sea of forgetfulness and remembers it no more. That's justification. He justifies me and say, Calvary took care of that. Jesus took care of that. I know what you did. You've been justified. Like, just get out my face. Don't leave. And, you, and sometimes the reason that some of y'all can't receive it is because you like to feel bad. You want to feel bad. So you inflict trauma on yourself. Romans 9 and 11 said, Romans 9 and 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But God has not condemned you, but you like to be condemned because you like to feel bad. You like people to coddle you and wipe your tears and just lift you up. And you've been redeemed for 17 years, but you keep on testifying about the same story that God has redeemed you and given you, uh, you justification for. And you have no more uh, strength in it, but you just like to feel bad. He's justified you. Someone say, he's justified me. I miss some of y'all. I, I got to go. And those whom he justified, I'm ending because y'all can't take no more. Those he justified, he also glorified. What does glorification mean? It means, as I ended last week, glorification doesn't mean I'm going to experience glory. It means he's already prepared glory for me. 
I'm already living in glory. My flesh just don't know it. Everybody stand to your feet all over the room. Just, just look at a few people around you and say, I'm on the org chart. Maybe 